if the Nuggets do need to add someone in free agency, what are the options? We'll talk about Jamal Murray's emergence as maybe the real upfront leader of the Nuggets and a little bit of conversation about the world champions discussion. All that and more on Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Austin Rowley notes at the same time as DMVR. Sorry about that today, guys. We do appreciate you guys joining me on whatever platform that you've chosen, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or if you're on YouTube, joining us with folks like Drippington and Garrett Reyes and Project X Machina and Austin in here hanging out with us on a thursday i appreciate you guys being with us i am a little bit later today on the live show than i said i was going to be on twitter uh, i apologize my son's got covid so i'm balancing a lot of stuff right now uh he's fine before you ask he's okay because it doesn't really affect kids and he's not at risk so but i've been dealing with that all week which is why some of the scheduling has been a little bit off i appreciate you guys being patient with me and joining us on whatever platform that you've chosen whether you're on apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review or on spotify if you're listening to this later and not on the live show you should go to youtube.com slash locked on nuggets and hit the subscribe button it's a great time to join the show as we get set for september and the start of open runs nuggets are back in the building you can already see clips of them on social as they are back in the building practicing jamal murray is there i would expect aaron gordon here in the next few weeks um lots of guys getting in work as they start to ramp up before training camp begins at the end of the month it's almost that time that's right it's almost time for the nuggets championship defense to begin on today's show we'll talk about some i label this as emergency options it was more of if the nuggets have an emergency now that they have one now um what kind of players can they look at to add? I've talked a lot about how I don't think the roster will be what it is by the time we get to the deadline. Um, what are some of the options if they need to make a move in season and add someone that's not currently on a roster? We'll talk about some of those options in the first segment. Second segment, I want to talk about Jamal Murray, who obviously appeared this week in Jack Harlow's new video, but also is back in the building in Denver, has been working out with the guys for several weeks and is just apparently laser focused in and really seems to be balancing all the things that are asked of him as an NBA now superstar, given his championship pedigree. We'll talk about his emergence as really kind of the emotional leader of the Nuggets and what that means and how impressive it is that Jamal's able to balance and be the kind of player that the Nuggets need him to be on that front. Final segment, we'll talk a little bit about the World Championship discussion. I'm not necessarily over, like, bold with with takes on it but i did give some out on locked on nba i'll give you the brief version of that in the final segment appreciate you guys being with us um okay so let's start here um i was checking hoops rumors which is a great website by the way you go to uh hoopsrumors.com and they've just got it's like hoops hype they've got a list it's an aggregation of all the different stuff going on around the league i rely on it a lot throughout the season and i was just kind of looking at some of the names that are out there um with the possibilities. One thing is I've maintained this, that I think the Nuggets roster will be different by the time that we get to the deadline than it is now. I think there will probably be some additions or changes, even if there are some hits. It doesn't necessarily mean that some, they're going to have to go get a guy. It could be just one guy hits. Maybe Julian Strother hits and they miss on Hunter Tyson and they need another wing slash forward. Um, maybe it's, you know, Jokic, has a small injury that is going to take a couple of weeks. And they're just like, man, we're going to need another guy. So there's going to have to be, you know, some sort of option there. So if we're going to go that route, um, then 
who is it that you would kind of go for in this regard? Um, let's start, I think, with center being the most op- obvious option here. Again, uh, I'm a DeAndre Jordan guy. Like, I'm just, I'm going to be a DeAndre Jordan guy. I said when they signed him last summer, I was like, he's going to be a minus 56 by Christmas and be out of the rotation. And he was a minus something along those lines and was out of the rotation by Christmas. But DJ is very important for the team chemistry and he can fill in in a pinch. If it's a one night deal, they can get by. But again, if they find the need for, again, not, not even if Joker's injured, just for whatever reason, they find the need for centers. This is one of the groups I thought that kind of had the, some of the strongest options on the board. Um, Bismack Biombo. Tristan Thompson, who you may be familiar with from his work on ESPN and then uh, trying to, to help the Lakers desperately win a game versus versus Denver. Uh, Boba Marjanovic, Derek Favors is currently out of the league. Serge Ibaka, Gorgie Jang, uh, JaVale, by the way, was released. Side note, little rant. The next time that I tell you that maybe there's a reason Michael Malone isn't playing a guy, you should listen to me. There are very a lot of things I'm wrong about with the Nuggets. There's tons of stuff I've been wrong about. I was wrong about Jokic in the beginning. Like Adam completely nailed that. But all all of the brow wiping and pearl clutching over he didn't even play Javale. You know why, guys? Because he's not good. That guy was almost out of the league. The Warriors took him on because they had a super team and could afford that kind of personality. He's honestly really well liked by players. Players love Javale McGee. Didn't really do anything for the Warriors. Didn't play in the playoffs. Joined the Lakers. Didn't really do anything for the Lakers. Didn't play in the playoffs. But somehow has this reputation as like a viable guy. The Mavericks signed him to this big contract. He was like their marquee signing last summer. They started him. And he was waived this week. So, sounds like the Kings are likely to pick him up. I'm just saying next time, there's a reason Michael Malone doesn't play some of these guys. Not all of them. Some of these guys. Now, um, don't think they should bring back JaVale. In any, in any respect. Uh, but I do think that like Derek favors, I think Bismack Biombo actually wouldn't be a bad call here. We've talked, I've talked on the show a lot about Kelly Olenek and how if the jazz are ever like, yeah, okay, we're willing to move Kelly to a, to a contender. The nuggets need to be at the forefront of that group. Like I, the assets I would give up for a Kelly Olenek on the nuggets. If I were the nuggets is pretty high based off of the fact that he would solve your problems instantaneously. I actually think you could get away with some rotations with Olenek next to Jokic, given his ability to space the floor. Like you could run like double staggered handoff sets. That would be absolutely insane. Um, But there are very few centers like Kelly Olenek, and there are obviously very few like Nikola Jokic. So you can't really duplicate what he does. But Biz is really uh, capable. He's just a big that can do the job. He's a backup big. And these are very rare in the league. It's one of the most sought after positions in the league. Honestly, whenever I talk about to start talking to teams about like, well, what are you looking for? The answers I get are, you know, we'd love a backup big. And it's always, usually it's met with, but of course everybody says that like everybody wants them, you know, Jakob Hurdle, I think, is a fine starting center. And the Raptors gave up a first round pick for him and then gave him a big extension because that's the kind of value that just like capable starting centers. Yeah. Like Jakob Pertl never going to be the focus of an offense. And yet he's valued that much. Centers are really precarious position in the league right now, because everybody knows you have to be able to space the floor in order to maximize your lineups. But there are certain matchups where if you do not have them, notably against Denver, you are going to be absolutely toast and just be desperate and flinging stuff around. Now you're usually screwed versus Jokic anyway. It's more about like, okay, he can make him work. We're, we're at least like, Jokic is going to have his game, but we're going to live with it, right? Or 
you know, we've got enough bodies to deal with it with the foul trouble and everything else. And so there is a, a high premium on the cost of bigs and getting a guy like Abismack Biombo, who I think would be fine. Again, these are not great options. Abaka, I honestly probably would stay away from. Abaka has always kind of driven his, his teammates a little crazy. Uh, OKC, he bothered him. Toronto, he bothered him, but they liked the kind of combination of them. And then um, in Milwaukee, it was like, it was bad. Like it was, that was not a good fit for him. And so I think he's probably a little bit washed and it's um, not really good. Garrett Rice asks, why have none of the backup centers worked since Mason? You know, look, they haven't had good options. They went, they tried going small. Thomas Bryant probably would have worked, to be quite honest with you is Thomas Bryant probably would have worked if they'd given it time. But when they added him, they were in a crunch and then they were coasting. And Thomas had such a bad run in the games where he was trying to get adapted. He wound up in Malone's doghouse and that was it. Like you have to make decisions on who's in and out of the rotation. And Malone made the decision that Bryant was out. Thomas Bryant probably would have worked out. He's good enough to probably work out. He'll have a fine season with Miami. Um, I think, you know, Jamichael and the Dos Verdes lineup obviously never worked. They're not crack enough shooters and not big enough. For me, a lot of this just gets into like, you have to have a guy that can screen. That's so much of this to me is just, they haven't had guys who can screen since Mason. You got to have guys that can at least create a little separation. Part of it is, I, I do think is that they keep trying to duplicate what they do with the starting unit and play that same way. And you can't, you have to just play pick and roll. You got to simplify everything and just play pick and roll, which means you need a guy that can set screens and create separations. Uh, Philly Urbanite says Cousins kind of worked. Not wrong. Um, Cousins was fine. He just came with too many costs. Like there was the, the the stretch where it was like undefeated in games where Cousins played, but like he also just drives everyone nuts. This is a lot of the combination too, is you have to be somebody that guys want to have around. Like they wanted to have DJ around. They liked having DJ around, right? And you say, why does that matter? Well, it doesn't matter to you because you watch the Nuggets for two and a half hours a night. They live with this person. So if it's an obnoxious human being, it's going to be a real problem, which is why I think you need to not go for a guy like Serge Ibaka. I think Blake Griffin's too small, um, and I just don't think that's a good option. I wouldn't mind having Jamichael back as a forward, but I don't necessarily think he should be a center option if they decide to go that right route. Um, Usman Garuba still kind of hanging out there, just 21 years old. Wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him. Uh, there's a lot of teams though. I think they'll probably want Garuba in camp. If we look around, you know, some of the other options out there, there actually are some guys. Uh, Terrence Ross is on the market. Danny Green is 36. He's out there if you want to come back and do do a little bit of a run. Um, Matt Ryan actually is a pretty good shooter. Wouldn't mind him. Edmund Sumner is another guy that I would really look at. Um, TJ Warren and Rudy, Rudy Gay, they're defensive liabilities, but I mean, I would feel a lot better about TJ Warren coming off the bench than Hunter Tyson at this point. Wouldn't you, even with how Hunter Tyson looked in, in, in summer league. So, you know, some of this is, do they want to take the minimum? So you have to kind of wait to see if they get a better offer. If somebody comes through, but I do think that there's like a couple of options here. Uh, Some people have mentioned Kelly Oubre. So I'm a Kelly Oubre guy, and the reason I'm a Kelly Oubre guy is Kelly once told his trainer, Drew Hanlon, by the way, 
um, he was asked, like, what do you want to work on in the summer? And he said, defense. That's what I want to work on is I want to get better at defense. And he's like the only guy that ever told Hanlon that because everybody else wants to score. And I do think that Kelly Oubre approaches the game with the, like, the right attitude. He wants to win. But Oubre's really struggled on teams that play with any sort of advanced basketball IQ system, which the Nuggets very definitely do. It's a read and react system, and Kelly tends to struggle in those situations. So while I'm not out on Kelly Oubre, I don't think he's a good fit. But if we look at some of the other guys, I do think that there's there's a lot of forwards that I would absolutely uh, look at. Steve says, do the Nuggets have a roster spot? The answer is no. Um, I would look at this as more of a, if they decide to go in a different direction in camp, and they may not do that. Right. It's very likely that they won't. But these are some of the names that I think kind of you should look at long term, because I'll just say like a lot of these names, I would I just think having one more veteran on the team would probably help, uh, I think. On the other side, Jamal Murray, I think, is becoming really not the face of the Nuggets, but the voice of the Nuggets. And we'll talk about why and what that means on the other side. But first, I need to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. Get ready for NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I put my first bets in on the season this week. Very excited. I have bet the Atlanta Falcons as a home division favorite in week one versus the Carolina Panthers. Don't feel great about that. I have bet the Indianapolis Colts will not have Jonathan Taylor. Don't feel great about that. But these are the values I found on the board. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Thursday. I will do another show either late Thursday night for Friday or Friday morning uh, to get you through the rest of the week. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Jamal Murray, who obviously appeared in the Jack Harlow video for Denver, his new hit single. Is it hit single? I don't know. The new video for Jack Harlow appeared this week. A lot of Denver landmarks in there. Jamal and him hanging out on a rooftop, smiling, good stuff. But... To me, the, the bigger story with Jamal is the role that he has taken on. He has been in Denver the last several weeks working in the gym. He has been playing with the guys. He is in the latest videos. Um, and the biggest thing here, I think, is Jokic is never going to be the voice of the Nuggets. It's not about his, you know, his English, which is totally good enough now. It's just that that's not Jokic's personality. And I have always resisted the concept of leadership by example in the NBA. I think it's whenever somebody says, well, he, he leads by example. You know what that means? That means he doesn't lead at all. He's just the best player. And the best players usually work the hardest. They have the most motivation to, and the most resources to. So um, those things don't really affect me. Do I think the Joker is like a bad leader? Do I think Joker has moments of leadership? Absolutely. But you need somebody to be vocal and to be a voice. And that's been a problem for years. And, you know, Malone's talked about that, that we're a quiet group. I think not only behind the scenes in the lot in the locker room in the gym, but also in front in the media. I think Jamal Murray, and it's one of the reasons I think Nicola keeps like talking about him and pushing Jamal is not just for confidence reasons. It's because Jamal's a lot more comfortable in that role. And 
Jamal's the veteran now. Somebody was commenting that they were what felt really old because Jamal's the veteran now earlier. And yeah, Robert Rodarte said, Jamal's a veteran now. Listen, I just threw my back out a month ago after turning 37. I don't need to be attacked like this. Sorry about your back, buddy. But yeah, Jamal's a vet now. You know, Jamal was drafted um, a long time ago. It, it was, it, it's been, a, it's been a minute since Jamal Murray was drafted. He's a vet now. And he's the guy that I think is going to take a little bit more of a vocal upfront role. Um, Steve says Yoke has improved. You see him on the floor coaching guys up, even taking the whiteboard at times. You're right. I think the bigger thing here is that Yoke, the Spurs comps to me always really stand out with this team. They have a, kind of evolved into um, a lesser version of the Spurs. And I say lesser because the Spurs, you know, they had three titles by the time it was 2005. Like in Tim Duncan's first six years, they had three titles, right? Um, our first eight years, rather. Um, so like, I, I would say that, yes, Yoke has improved. I also think that he's always going to be more of a Tim Duncan type, which is like he'll do what's needed. But he's not a guy that's going to be the the upfront voice. And also, I think there is a, a measure of this of being the most visible person, too. The Nuggets need someone to be visible. And I think Jamal is probably the best candidate for that. He also has times when he doesn't want the spotlight, when he doesn't like the attention. But I think he's very comfortable in it. Like, I was really impressed with Jamal throughout the playoffs. When he had a bad game, he would just say, like, I had a bad game. Like, he owned up to it. He wasn't surly about it. He wasn't spiky about it. He was just like, yeah, I didn't play well. And came back and played great, you know? He's honestly a lot more surly after he plays great. He always comes in the locker room with a chip on his shoulder when he plays awesome. Um, but I do think that there's something to be said for him being in Denver. And it's, I think it's totally fine that Jokic isn't like he needs to be in Serbia right now. It's where he needs to be. But I think it's a very big sign for Jamal and his importance in the organization. You know, he's now the starting point guard and second best player on a championship team that went for 30 points per game on 50, 40, 90 in the conference finals. You know, his status is elevated. And I think that to me is um, an improvement on what they needed. Garrett says, I think AG is a good leader. Also doesn't speak a lot, but has a great attitude. I would agree. You know, AG, I, I think AG is kind of the heart. Now he's kind of the heartbeat where it's like, he's emotional and he's very positive. And I think that he's a guy that everybody likes. I don't know that anybody doesn't like Aaron Gordon. I think Aaron Gordon's very easy to like and get along with. So um, I think it's notable that, that Jamal is evolving into more of an upfront voice of the Nuggets. Again, he's not the face. He'll always be Jokic. And it's okay that Jamal takes on this role. I think you need different guys to do different things. If you really think about it, Steph Curry is the face of the Warriors, but Draymond Green's the voice. And Draymond was absolutely vital to um, their efforts. So I think it's totally good for them to be in that kind of position. With the Spurs, it was honestly more Manu and Tim, but they didn't really talk at all because they just don't don't as an organization. But I think that's uh, kind of a deal. Uh, all right. On the other side, I will talk about the world championship question and give you my thoughts on that. We'll do that on the other side on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Make sure to check out the DMVR show. Uh, it's actually going on while I'm doing this live show. Sorry, guys. I forgot that DMVR goes on now. Um, and um, I need to get this done because, again, my kids got COVID, so I'm balancing a lot of stuff right now. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the World Championship thing. So Noah Lyles, track star, makes the comment, calls it out. 
says this is ridiculous. They don't compete against the world, et cetera, et cetera. And there's been, this has been conflicting for some Nuggets fans who happen to live overseas and validate both kind of uh, viewpoints of like the Nuggets would destroy anybody, but you shouldn't call them the world champs. Uh, the way I've described this on Locked on NBA, and this is the best way I can kind of talk about it. The real core of this, if you get behind the motivation, if you want to like strip away this and get to the, the core issue, is that those that don't want it to be called world champion, it reflects, it's a pushback against a lot of the nationalistic tendencies that we have in America, where we have felt we are the most important country forever. And everything is better here. And this is the greatest country in the world and all of that, that stuff that, that goes along with. And the idea of if you win a, a championship in America, that means you're the world champion is presumptuous and arrogant, right? That's the, the pushback there. It then feeds into a semantic argument, which is just you're technically not the world champion. There are not teams of other countries. Therefore, they are not the world champions, the counter argument is based off of one of two things. It's either the thing that's being pushed back against, which is that nationalistic tendency to exaggerate everything, which is like, well, they won in America, so they're the best. And that's a little shorthand and, and useless. The other argument, which is a little bit more nuanced, is, look, this is the best basketball league in the world. And it is. That's why they get paid the most, because there's interest in it, because it's the best league in the world. There are different leagues, and I think that that's fine. And international basketball is wildly different from the NBA. The NBA is very own particular sport. I've kind of been on this thing for a couple of years where if you were to put a spectrum, right, and on the left-hand side is the purest form of basketball, right? Just like pure basketball, a very, you know, what's at the heart of the game? European basketball, international basketball, two different things, European and international basketball and college would be a lot closer to it because on the other end of the spectrum on the right would be the NBA, which is its own thing. It's got its own rules. It's got its own politics. It's got its own style. It's got its own accoutrement in terms of overly loud music at all times. Um, it's its own thing. It's basketball but it's less basketball than some of these other things. Like FIBA is a lot closer to like basketball than the NBA is. Now I love the NBA. Like I personally love the NBA, but I have to acknowledge that the way that it has grown and shaped because of the factors putting pressure upon it have molded it over time, like wind blowing over rock to form something different than the core of the game. I prefer watching it. I'd rather watch an NBA game than a FIBA game or a college basketball game or a WNBA game. I'd rather watch it, but it's different. Okay. That's one thing. The second thing here is that uh, I have, I've made, I tried this, this take over on locked on NBA and I'm, I like it. I got this from Andrew Lynch, my editor at action. It's actually xenophobic to claim that the NBA champion isn't the world champion because if doing so you're basically saying that all that matters is nation states it matters that your nation state doesn't have a team, but like the best players in the world play there. Jokic is the best player in the world. He plays in the NBA. Giannis is the second best player in the world. He plays in the NBA. Joel Embiid is 10 to 15 ish and he plays in the NBA. 
all of the best players in the world play in the NBA. That doesn't mean that if you don't make it in the NBA and you're a European basketball, Facundo Capazzo, that, that you are not a good player. That's not that I disagree with that. You just don't fit in the NBA and the play style. There are lots of great players that did not play in the NBA for various reasons, and that's okay. But of the great selection, if we took the greatest 3,000 player basketball players of all time, 95% of them, 99% of them, somewhere between 95 and 95% would play in the NBA. And so there has to be like a little bit of validation of that. Also, I'd also note this. It wouldn't be the same if you had like an international competition because it would involve American team. Like we have international players on American, on teams in American cities. So you would have to have American, I have to, you would likely have American players on European teams. Would that be any different? What what difference would that really make then? If you put the Nuggets up against any team in the world, any collection of players, I'm still going to take the Nuggets. And if that says, like, well, it's gotten a lot closer, I absolutely agree. But part of the reason it's gotten a lot closer is because of play styles and because of the lack of familiarity of – team usa guys and trying to understand it that's a lot of it is a lot of the struggles that team usa has in the international competition is not talent talent is closer now so those games are closer but a lot of the struggle is that team usa doesn't know how to play something closer to real basketball like that's what brandon ingram is struggling with right now he knows how to play in the nba not as familiar with like the basketball, the, the pure basketball side. But if you told an NBA team, if they got used to playing by those rules and that style and that play approach in those leagues, they would dominate because they do have the most dominated. They do have the best players. Um, Alexander Pavicevic said, if the NBA expanded to Serbia, Yoke would be gone yesterday. That's fine, but it hasn't. Do you know why? Because the money's not there. If the money was there, they would expand there. So get your game up, Serbia. Get yourself an NBA team. Do what it takes to get an NBA team. And then you too can win a world championship. Um, so that to me is like where I come down on this. Ultimately, I really am sympathetic to the idea of like, it's not, they're not world champions. They play in an American league. They're not world champions. It's a semantic argument. As long as we agree it's a semantic argument, I can agree it's technically correct. I also don't mind if players claim that it's a world championship because they feel it's the highest competition in basketball. And I do respect the players for that, for their defense of that. They know how good the NBA is. They know how good these players are. So I think that some of that is relevant um, to the discussion. Ultimately I'm okay with, with whichever side of this you want to take. What I really can't wait for is for someone to ask Jokic when he gets back and the answer that he's going to give in such an exhausted, annoyed, tired voice. Because I'll guarantee you, he's going to be very annoyed at the question. That's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets for a Thursday. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. You guys should scoot on over to DMVR if you're catching the live show. Appreciate you guys being with us. I'll see you guys again tomorrow. I'll either record late Thursday night or Friday morning depending on what time allows for me. Let me know if there's anything you want me to touch on. You can hit me up on Twitter at Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Have yourselves a great Thursday. We'll see you guys again on Locked on Nuggets.